Welcome to the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast with your host, Steve Abramowitz, editor-in-chief of the Mill Creek View newspaper. Howdy, I am Steve Abramowitz and this is the Mill Creek View podcast. We are focusing on the volunteer state and our nation today with always an interesting person making a positive change in our community. This time, special guest, Mark Elrod. Welcome to our People in the News episode where I interview people who are making an impact and are lovers of truth. Today we are talking with Mark Elrod. Mark is the Chief Deputy for the Williamson County Sheriff's Office and candidate to fill the vacancy created by Sheriff Dusty Rhodes' retirement. Elrod has been with the WCSO since 1998, served as every rank in the Sheriff's Office from Deputy to Chief Deputy. He was instrumental in the establishment of the Sheriff's Office SWAT team in 2003 under Sheriff Ricky Headley, as well as the Aviation Unit, we see in the skies over Franklin since 2016 under Sheriff Jeff Long. Elrod is POST certified and holds numerous law enforcement and leadership certifications. There is no doubt in my mind that Mark is the right person to take over the Sheriff's Office. His experience, training, and personal skills make him an ideal candidate and will make him a great sheriff, Dusty said of him. Uh, that is Dusty Rhodes, the current uh, retiring sheriff, a Nashville native who has called Williamson County home since 2000. Mark is married to Shauna Elrod and lives in Nolansville. Mark Elrod is not just a law enforcement professional. He is an active member of the community, frequently seen at the Williamson County Fair or the Leapers Fork Christmas Parade. Uh, is he there yet? I'm not sure. Hang on here. Yes, I hear, I hear you. you. I hear you. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know about seeing me yet. Let me see here. Yeah, click that little video link and we are good to go. Aha. Oh, in the car. Uh -huh. we're, getting a, we're getting a ride along. Fantastic. <laughs> All Just right. Just for a second or two. Well, you missed the uh, the amazing introduction I gave for you, sir. So thanks for coming on and, and taking the day. Well, you're driving. Do not crash. I don't even know if that's legal, sir. Um, 13 days until Election Day. How are you holding up after a, a lifetime in law enforcement in the new role as candidate for office? Well, I tell you, it's been uh, I'm, I think I'm holding up pretty good. It's been a uh, it's been a handful the last uh, couple of months with uh, Sheriff Rhodes retiring and uh me stepping up to uh, fill his shoes and continue to do the job that I've been doing as well. And of course, campaigning on top of that. Uh, uh, but uh, I think I'm holding up pretty good, getting a little bit tired, but I think I'm going to make it through it. All right. All right. Well, you look good and it's hands-free driving. So I guess that's okay. Um, you're running against Jeff Hughes, who was former Brentwood Police Department Chief of Police. Do you think there's a distinct difference between running a police department where you get appointed and being sheriff where you have to actually be elected and run? I think there's a big difference, uh, not only from the political aspect, but from the operational uh, point of the program as well. Uh, you know, within the sheriff's office, uh, we have a total of uh, 360 employees and that includes our crossing guards and our reserves that come on board. Uh, you know, most police departments, uh, and I'll, I'll speak specifically of Brentwood, you know, about 100, uh, 100 officers. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, within the sheriff's office, you know, our footprint is a lot, lot bigger than a police department. Uh, we have a lot more divisions, and, uh, you know, the job of sheriff is a lot different than that of being a, a chief of police. It's, uh, 
it's more about community. Uh, of course, you know, the civil aspects uh, fall on the sheriff as well as our county jail is managed by the sheriff. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a big liability for the county and a very big part of uh, a sheriff's office agency. If you could move your camera a little stage left, we could see your face. All right. That's great. Right there. I'm sorry. That's OK. I understand. Uh, so Governor Lee signed a $230 million for public and private schools to have SROs. Uh, that falls under the sheriff, I believe. School resource officer deputies who are particularly passionate about protecting and supporting our youth com compromise this, uh, sorry, comprise this division. They bring law enforcement resources, mentorship, and security to our children and educators. What are your thoughts and plans for SROs in Williamson County? So Williamson County, we have an SRO in every uh, public school in the county, including the uh, Franklin Special School District. Uh, we started the SRO program at the Sheriff's Office uh, in 1998-99 uh, with the high schools, uh, moved forward with our middle schools, and then, uh, I don't know, six or seven, eight years ago uh, into all of the elementary schools. Uh, you know, it's it's one of our biggest and largest divisions within the sheriff's office today. Uh, you know, it takes a uh, it takes someone that that is willing to be in the schools and to you know be that protector. Uh, we have very good SROs. One of my plans with the SRO division is to uh, bolster the ranks. Uh, currently, we have 77, and uh, you know there are times that you know for sickness and things like that that we may have. Uh, you know, a school without an SRO, uh, just based on, you know, uh, life in general. Uh, but being able to bolster those ranks and get a few more SROs that work as floaters that, uh, you know, we can be sure that we're always 100% having someone in those schools to me is, is, is something that's very important. There was an issue in 2021 where an on-slow county SRO restrained a student and, if, and whether or not that was justified. How difficult would you think SROs will have it going forward under the the laws of the land, so to speak? Well, I think that there's a lot of difficulty in that. Uh, I think that uh, through training that uh, we provide to our SROs as to the do's and the don'ts and, uh, you know, being uh, as close to being an expert in the law that governs the schools and governs, uh, you know, the SROs in the schools, then being familiar with that uh, you know, there's always going to be challenges, but, you know, one thing I think in Williamson County that uh, we have a very good uh, working relationship with our school administration, uh, with the schools, uh, closely with him, and, uh, you know, just, uh, just that teamwork aspect I think is important, and, you know, that's something I want to continue moving forward with that, uh, you know, we're all on the same sheet of music, and everybody's singing the same song, and we're doing what needs to be done. Yeah, your sufferings from the uh, the wonderful Williamson County your cellular coverage at the moment, but I, I hear you, but you're you're getting flaky, but that's okay. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. As long as I can hear you, that's the important part. Dusty Roads was a top law enforcement job for 40 years. Uh, Williamson County looked a lot different in 1984 than it does in 2024, with the population projection set to explode even more. Do we have the manpower and technology tools at the department to keep up? Well, you know, manpower has been an issue that uh, we have suffered um, the last several years. And, it, you know, it's not just our agency. It's uh, agencies across the nation. I think one of the numbers I've seen recently was about 75% of law enforcement across the United States is having problems with recruiting. 
you know, I like to say that it takes a very special person to uh, want to be involved in uh, law enforcement. When we look back over, you know, the last few years with COVID and uh, some of the protests, the riots, the movement, uh, I think it changed a lot of people's thought process of, you know, why would I want to be in law enforcement? Why would I want to do something like that? And uh, I think that that's starting to change a little bit. Um, kind of give you some numbers just to, uh, you know, kind of all over. Last year at the sheriff's office, we had uh, roughly 260-ish applications for employment. Um, that was from uh, roughly January to about the middle of uh, November of last year. November of last year, we launched a website uh, that is managed by the sheriff's office. Uh, we have some videos on there, some recruiting videos. We kind of streamlined the process. Uh, since we went live with that new uh, website, uh, we've had a little over 230 applications for employment come through in about two and a half months. So I think that, uh, you know, us, you know, being able to do that, getting that word out uh, is attracting more people to the sheriff's office. Uh, you know, we have uh, we have the jail that we have to contend with. Uh, that's, you know, a big part of the operation. We have a, currently a 454-bed facility. And, you know, most people don't grow up, uh, you know, saying, hey, I want to be a, a corrections officer when I grow up. They will be a fireman or be a police officer, not work inside of a county jail. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's part of our issue that we have is having to hire people into the jail and then get them into their dream job, if the patrol, school resource officer or whatever. When I look at the growth, getting back to your question, I know I took the long way around, uh, but getting back to that question, when we look at the growth, uh, you know, we know that we need additional personnel within the sheriff's office uh, across the board in all of our divisions. Um, but I think that, you know, as we continue to hire and uh, fill our spots up, we will be able to continue to do that, working with the county commission and uh, adding some of those spots so we can start building for the future. Yeah, they all want to work with Becky. They don't want to work in the jail. I get that. Um, How do you feel if they... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I know she runs the show over there. How do you feel if they bring in uh, mass transit that that killed my old hometown of Seattle, in my opinion, with crime and drug transportation and budget busting costs, basically mobile homeless shelters? Um, do you do you think we were prepared to handle Memphis and Nashville commuters like that? You know, I don't think that we are today. Um, you know, I think everyone in the in the county, including myself, is hopeful that uh, that won't happen. Uh, here in Williamson County. I mean, you know, the population has, you know, exploded uh, the last, you know, 20 years or so. And, uh, you know, I've been at the sheriff's office for 26 and, you know, the uh, the landscape looks nothing today like it did when I started working at the sheriff's office. Um, you know, are we 100 percent prepared today? No, I don't think we are uh, not only the sheriff's office, but, you know, just looking at infrastructure of the roadways and everything else in our county, we're kind of uh, uh, growth has kind of surpassed uh, what the county has been able to keep up with. But I think that, uh, you know, with our county commission and uh, Mayor Anderson and their forward thinking that, uh, you know, there are some things on the horizon that, uh, you know, we're going to be able to build into. And, you know, I'll keep it with the sheriff's office. You know, I know we need more personnel. And I think as we move forward, those numbers will come and, uh, you know, we'll be able to, uh, you know, do the best we can to at least uh, stay caught up, if not get in front of that growth. Okay. So as interim sheriff, have you seen anything that you make priorities to help the office right out of the gate? Uh, what are your priorities? Well, when I sit back and think about priorities with the sheriff's office and, 
uh, you know, I've had the uh, the privilege and honor of working for uh, four different sheriffs during my tenure at the sheriff's office, uh, starting out under Sheriff Bill LaCates. And, uh, you know, I've learned something from each and every one of those uh, sheriffs that I've worked for. I've had the uh, honor and the privilege of being promoted by uh, three of the last uh, four sheriffs that I've worked for. And, uh, you know, I think I've, I've learned a little bit from them. Uh, when I look at our agency, uh, we've got a great group of men and women that, uh, you know, protect our citizens and uh, work in our jail here at the sheriff's office. Uh, you know, as far as m major changes, um, I don't think that there's going to be a lot. Uh, you know, there's going to be some adjustments, some tweaking. Uh, you know, I, I want to be able to improve upon what uh, Dusty and uh, Jeff Long and the other sheriffs left for our county and just continue with those programs and to improve upon those and make them better. Wow. If that uh, answers that question. So I think it does. I think it does. We stand on the shoulders of giants, right? You're, there you go. And that's a hundred years. Worth, anyway, uh, your website says prioritizing the safety of our children and the security of our community. So besides SROs, which we covered, uh, what what is the deal with trafficking of kids epidemic here? Uh, you know, 10 men arrested in Middle Tennessee are accused of pursuing commercial sex from children. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation reports several agencies in Williamson County work together in a two-day undercover investigation to address human trafficking. The TBI says officers place decoy advertisements online to identify those looking to engage in commercial sex with minors. That was November, September before that, the Williamson County Sheriff's Office reported four men have been indicted on sexual exploitation charges. Over the past month, deputies along with the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force worked together to take the Williamson County men into custody. Uh, Camilio Hurtado Campos was taken into custody for allegedly drugging and raping young boys. Fox 17 News learned Campos is an illegal immigrant. A 50-year-old pastor has been arrested after he was indicted on six counts of sexual exploitation of a minor. The Williamson County Sheriff's Office reports its investigation began after receiving a tip from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children about an upload of children, child sexual abuse materials from a church's internet connection. That was Bill <laughs> Hayes, allegedly. Reverend Juan Carlos Garcia, St. Philip's Catholic Church in Franklin, another one, allegedly. Uh, will we see more busts like this under your leadership? Yes, we will. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned technology uh, earlier. Uh, you know, technology has made, uh, you know, criminals' jobs easier. Uh, and it's it's given us another tool as well. Uh, you know, you, you started off talking about the, uh, uh, the the sex thing that the sheriff's office participated in with the TBI and um, uh, Spring Hill Police Department was involved in that as well. And, you know, that's a message that uh, we want to send. I definitely want to send, uh, you know, to those out there that are thinking about doing, uh, you know, harm or doing uh, breaking the law, doing those those types of crimes is uh, don't bring that to Williamson County. You may be dealing with uh, one of our deputies, one of our undercovers, uh, maybe part of our operation. Um, you know, I, I think about our narcotics unit and uh, some of the things that they have uh, uh, accomplished this last year, uh, in the last few months, some of the stuff that they're currently working on that, uh, uh, you know, by using technology, it's harder for, uh, you know, our undercovers and our confidential informants to, uh, you know, get drugs delivered into Williamson County because the message is getting out there that, you know, this is not the place that you want to do that. If you want to do those jobs or you want to do those crimes, 
sell those drugs, uh, you know, do it in a different county because you never know. It may be a Williams County deputy or, or one of the other city police departments being involved in, uh, in some sort of an undercover sting uh, to uh, combat that and to stop that. That's very good. Okay. And what about Compost uh, being an illegal immigrant? Uh, this week, Deputy Sheriff Greg McCowan was brutally murdered by Kenneth Wayne DeHart Jr. in Knoxville. Just a matter of time before something awful like that could happen here if we don't crack down on, on gangs and criminals, especially illegals. Do you think the state or your department would crack down harder on illegals here? Well, I think that, uh, you know, uh, across the state, and I'll, I'll speak for Williamson County, uh, you know, we do everything within our powers when it comes to the illegals that are here in the county, uh, you know, working with the state, working with the feds, when we come in contact with them. Um, we haven't had a huge problem at this point, but uh, I think that, uh, you know, Governor Lee and the governor's office and the state, uh they're, uh, you know, looking at different avenues and different things on a statewide approach uh, to assist, uh, you know, the, the, the state as a whole. And, of course, I'll be keeping a close eye on that and uh, doing everything that I can to work with the governor and work with the governor's office, as well as the uh, sheriff's association with sheriffs all, all across the state. Uh, you know, uh, there's 95 counties, 95 sheriffs, and uh, all of us, uh, you know, have those same issues and those problems. So, Looking at uh, other parts of the state that are having a better, a, a bigger issue with matters such as that than we are, uh, that's some good information that, uh, you know, I can get a hold of. And, uh, you know, we can take a look at that. Like I said, I, we haven't had a big issue in the county yet, but it's definitely something that uh, we want to stay in front of and make sure that it doesn't come into a bigger problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that soccer coach is the one and only problem. That would be fine, but it's still bad. Uh, so you've been mm -hmm. number two. Uh, at the department for five years and with WCSO for 26. Uh, what do you think Dusty Rhodes' legacy should be? You know, when I think about Dusty, um, you know, Dusty hired me 26 years ago. He was uh, uh, the patrol lieutenant, and um, I came in and interviewed with him, and I did, there wasn't a job for me on patrol. I ended up uh, uh, taking a job in the jail at the time and eventually was able to come over to patrol. And, um, you know, I'd have to say the one thing to me with Dusty and his legacy is uh, for 44 years, he was a cement that held this uh, sheriff's office together. Uh, you know, he worked for, uh, you know, many different sheriffs. Uh, let's see, not counting himself, I'm guessing six. Uh, he started working under uh, Fleming Williams and uh, worked through uh, Lance Allier, um, Bill Cates, Jeff Long, Ricky Headley. Um, you know, so he's always been that cement. He's been the part that's held this uh, agency together. And when I think of him, that's how I see his legacy of, of being the one that, uh, you know, was always there, always making sure that, uh, you know, the job got done and that, uh, you know, things weren't overlooked and taken care of. Nice. Uh, so you were in charge of overseeing the jail. The next sheriff has a key role in the future county judicial juvenile and jail project to replace the current 1989 jail. That's when I graduated high school. They call that the JJJ or Triple J project, uh, way more important than the three J's I called Justin, Justin, and Johnson or the Tennessee three, Tony Cash's <laughs> ban. $281 million project, uh, the county's largest in history, I believe. The county commission approved $16 million for phase one. How is your relationship with the county commission? You know, I think I've, uh, I personally have a pretty good relationship with the county commission. Uh, 
know, that's one thing I'll, I'll have to say with, uh, you know, even with, uh, you know, Sheriff Rhodes and Sheriff Long is, uh, you know, that I've learned, you know, we, it, it's good to work together and to be part of a team together for those common goals. And I think we have a pretty good relationship. Okay. The cost studies uh, are, are a few years old now, uh, 2018, before inflation kicked in. Uh, phase one's $19 million doesn't buy as much as it used to. Do you, do you still think $281 million is the true cost when it's all said and done? Well, you know, I, when it comes to the cost, I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know exactly how that cost is broke, has been broken down. Uh, there's basically three different projects, like you said, in that JJJ. Uh, you know, our primarily our primary part of that is the jail portion of that. And I don't know exactly what that price tag is. Uh, when I think about that project and the way that all came about, there's a public building authority and they are the ones that uh, sat down. They were appointed by the county commission. Somebody in the county uh, got this group of uh, people together and they looked at what projects, what infrastructure projects does the county need to be looking at? And one of those projects that they selected was the county jail. Uh, they brought in experts in the field, uh, people coming in, analyzing and uh, looking at our data, looking at our operation, and then comparing it to uh, similar size counties uh, across the state, across the nation. And uh, they came up with a plan of uh, best practices, uh, you know, for our new jail. And uh, Dusty sat down and looked over those plans. I was with him. We sat down and looked over them. And there were a lot of bells and whistles, a lot of frills, a lot of stuff that uh, we didn't think was necessary in a county jail. So we reached out to our uh, partners with the state, uh, TCI, uh, Tennessee Correctional Institute, uh, basically the governing body, or they are the governing, the governing body of all the uh, county jails in the state of Tennessee. And they've been involved in some jail projects. So we sat down with them with those plans uh, went over the plans, looked at uh, cost-effective ways and uh, what we needed to do to meet the state's minimum standards for a correctional facility. Um, and I think, you know, for the most part, we've got the the bells, the whistles, the extras, the things that we really don't need in the jail cut out. And I don't, I don't have that price. I don't know what that price tag is today. Uh, you know, the jail is, um, you know, like you said a second ago, the jail opened in 1989. It's never closed. It's open 24-7, 365. And, you know, unfortunately, most of the people that are here uh, don't want to be. Uh, they'd much rather be at their own homes and not be in the county jail. But, uh, you know, the building is uh, in need of uh, some pretty serious upgrades and updating. Uh, so, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that we do need a jail. Uh, I'm a very conservative person, and I don't like, uh, you know, spending money unnecessarily. I don't think anybody does. Uh, you know, so we want to do the best that we can working with the, uh, the public building authority, the county, the county commission to come up with the most cost effective way to uh, build this jail. Uh, the jail is slated to, um, I think their projected numbers for the size uh, should cover us for another 40 years from the date of completion. So, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a long term solution going to be a short-term cost, but it's going to be a long-term solution for uh, for the jail in our county. Right. Okay. Uh, you also have uh, the endorsement from Williamson County Mayor Rogers Anderson. Uh, he's your campaign treasurer, actually, I think I saw. Uh, you have a good working relationship with him, is it fair to assume? I do, and actually, uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes is my campaign treasurer. Uh, oh, he is? Yes, yes. Um, I, I do have endorsement of Rogers Anderson. Um you know, when I think about Rogers, he's another person that I've uh, 
had the honor to get to know over my time working for the county within the sheriff's office. And I don't know exactly how, uh, you know, the first time I met uh, Rogers, but, uh, you know, he's a, um, he's wise beyond my belief sometimes uh, in, uh, you know, the way that he manages, the way that he uh, looks into things. Um, you know, my opinion, he's, uh, he's probably one of the reasons that, uh, you know, our county is in as good of a shape as it is, is his, his ability to work with other people and to get in there and get those, uh, you know, but make those tough decisions, make, make things that, uh, you know, sometimes people may not like, uh, but, uh, you know, do what's right for the county, do what's right for the community. And, um, you know, when I made the decision to run for sheriff, um, you know, I first talked, of course, with Dusty and, uh, you know, we discussed. And then, uh, you know, at some point uh, I reached out to Rogers and he was, uh, you know, definitely in my corner, definitely on board. And uh, um, his uh, his his wisdom has been good for me. I'll put it that way. Very good. OK. Uh, those are the kingmakers in this town in Seattle, uh, where I come from, King County. They stripped the rights of the voters to choose the sheriff, uh, and they tried to recall two conservative, constitutional conservative sheriffs in Snohomish, where I'm from, and Pierce, where Republicans live, uh, defund the police, low morale, early retirement, and, and total understaffed for the population now, and crime is rampant, obviously. Uh, Tennessee is very different. But how do you plan to keep the rank and file happy and get recruits and trainees that want to be a Williamson County Sheriff for a career in law enforcement? You know, I, it's the, the the landscape has changed. Uh, there's a lot, um, you know, a lot of moving parts, uh, you know, to that question and, and how that would be handled. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it, it, it's going to take a teamwork approach. It's going to take something that uh, within the sheriff's office that, uh, you know, would be when, when I'm elected, be me and my team of, uh, you know, command staff and deputies here uh, sitting down, having those discussions, what is best for the agency? How can we improve on, uh, you know, what we're doing? Uh, you know, how can we attract more people? What can we do to keep more people here and, uh, you know, make people want to stay Um you know, I think, uh, you know, praise and, uh, you know, the pats on the back uh, are important. Uh, and I think they always have been. I think it's even more so in, in today's uh, culture that, uh, you know, it's a, uh, you know, law enforcement is oftentimes a thankless job. Uh, but I, you know, I say that and I also have to, you know, point out that, uh, you know, in our county, we haven't experienced the uh, negativity toward law enforcement that uh, some of the surrounding areas, you know, here in Middle Tennessee have, have, have experienced. And I don't think anybody in the state of Tennessee has experienced what some other states have, have experienced. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, when we get out in public, when I'm out in public and, you know, when I talk with deputies and everything else, that um, they are, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the thank yous from the community mean a whole lot uh, you know coming up hey thanks for you know thanks for your service thanks for what you're doing uh, you know shaking hands you know i appreciate you uh you know that means a lot i think that goes all really 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 long way and you know that's just you know something i like you know, you know to put put out to the community that uh, you know we, we appreciate you we're here for you uh and uh you know i, I think you know we, you brought up uh, you know an elected position the sheriff and you know i think that's one thing that that, that does set the sheriff's offices apart uh, is that, uh, you know, we are here for the community. We work for the citizens. Uh, the sheriff answers to the citizens. He doesn't answer to the mayor or to the county commission or, or anyone else. He answers to the community. 
uh, works with others, but answers to the community. So, you know, I think that that's, uh, that that shows, you know, from, from the deputy all the way up in the way that, uh, you know, we, we, we complete our job, we do our job and, uh, uh, you know, the way that we treat people. Yeah. Quality of life, definitely a great thing to, to want to work here and not be forced to work here. Um, and what happened there was they played progressive politics with law and order. And as we say a lot, liberalism ruins everything it touches. So voila, crime spikes, property crime, drugs, murder, murder of cops even. Um, what did you want to become a sheriff? Why did you want to become a sheriff instead of a police officer 26 years ago? Ooh, you're making me think hard on that question. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did that on purpose. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I really don't recall. Um, I think I had... Uh, well, I know I had some friends that were working here at the sheriff's office. Um, I had some friends that worked in Metro Nashville uh, for the police department there as well. Uh, you know, still close friends with, with a lot of them. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess just my calling was to the sheriff's office. I, I can't say that I ever even considered going to work at a police department. It was just, uh, you know, sheriff's office seemed like where I, where I fit in and where I wanted to be. Okay, good answer. Do you like the idea of having to do both law enforcement, oversee the books and records, and now do politics to run as sheriff and run for re-election every few years? You like that idea? Well, I don't know that I like that idea too well. Um, you know, it's uh, th this whole campaign has been a challenge for me. Uh, I've never really considered myself a politician, um, and I still don't think I'm a politician. Everybody says that I am because my name's on the ballot, but. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, the, 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 the challenges, of course, are there. Um, you know, it, it's, how can I say this? The job of sheriff doesn't really scare me, doesn't, uh, you know, I know it's going to be a challenge, and, and I don't want really to take that wrong, but, uh, you know, I think it's harder campaigning than it is actually, uh, you know, being here doing the job, making the decisions, and, uh, um, you know, I've got, I've got a good network of uh, people that I can reach out to. And, uh, you know, I feel comfortable in my position, um, not so much comfortable in the campaigning part of it, but, uh, you know, as far as the job goes, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, every day is a learning experience. Um, you know, and like I said earlier, you know, we have a good agency, we're not perfect, but I think we, we learn something new every day. We strive to do something different every day and to be just a little bit more perfect when, when we can. Awesome. So SWAT and Air Force, you're actually a pilot, WCSO Aviation Unit. Uh, do you think we have all the equipment we need and the money to pay for it? Or could we cut some expensive high-tech stuff like helicopters? I don't know. Well, you know, when I look at, uh, you know, you brought up aviation. Uh, aviation was started under uh, Sheriff Jeff Long. Um, and, you know, our aircraft uh, are uh, federal surplus properties. Uh, they don't cost us as taxpayers local taxpayers, uh, anything for those aircraft. That's all, you know, federal assets uh, that uh, we have on loan to us from, uh, it's, it's called the LISO program, Law Enforcement Support Office. Um, and, you know, when I think about the aircraft and what the aircraft are capable of doing and what they cost us uh, to operate for the year, uh, we're getting a pretty good bang for our buck uh, with that uh, technology being able to be there. And, uh, you know, I remember years ago, Sheriff Long said, you know, if we can if we can save one life uh, having an aviation unit, then everything we've done has been worth it. And uh, I have to say that, uh, you know, that's happened several times over the years. And, uh, 
you know, we've got a good program. Uh, of course, I've, I am a pilot. I don't get to fly anymore. But, uh, uh, you know, having that, that tool in our toolbox uh, has proved to be useful. Um, and, you know, and I told Sheriff Longless, you know, when he, when he uh, talked about doing the program, I said, I don't know that we really need to do that. And he says, well, I think we do crunch the numbers and and uh, you know take a look at when we've needed when we've needed stuff and when we've needed another agency to help us with with aviation support when they were able to help and when they weren't and i got looking at the numbers and i'm like well there is a pretty big gap in there and uh you know no pun intended once that program got off off the ground it uh uh really became a good asset to the agency okay 327 sheriff's office employees you'd be overseeing 260,815 residents, 65,175 calls for service in 2022. Are we understaffed? You know, I don't know that we are understaffed. We are short a few people. Uh, we keep filling those spots every day, getting better. Um, you know, when I look to the future of our sheriff's office, um, you know, I think that uh, we do need, uh, you know, more deputies on the streets. We do need more people out there. It's kind of been hard for, for Sheriff Rhodes, and I know he said this many times, it's it's hard to say how many more people we need when we're running shorthanded as it is. Uh, but uh, I think as we get, uh, you know, our positions filled, as we start getting people up and out, uh, out on the roads working, we'll be able to uh, kind of gauge that a little bit better and be able to look at, uh, you know, do we need two more people? Do we need 10 more people? Uh, you know, what what gaps do we need to fill? What do we need to do and get out there and, uh, you know, be a little bit more proactive? I think we're still proactive today. I think we could be more proactive. Uh, but, you know, with, like I said, you know, we, we've gone through uh, we've gone through some tough times. And I think as we start coming out of out of those tough times that uh, things will start improving and uh, we'll be able to get our ranks back up to where uh we know we need them today and uh, start looking at where, where we're going to need them in the future. Those 65,000 calls, uh, what percent would you have thought might have been better going to the Franklin PD or Brentwood PD and not sheriff? Uh, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think there is a misunderstanding between the residents and when to call a sheriff for help instead of a police officer? Any thoughts on that? So, okay, yeah. So, so those calls, that number, that 65,000 number that you're throwing out there, um, that is calls for service in the unincorporated parts of the county, outside of the city limits. The majority of those are. Uh, we do answer calls uh, when requested within the city limits. Uh, you know, I don't know what town you live in, but let's say that you live in, in inside of Franklin. Uh, you know, if you want a deputy to come out and respond to your home, we're going to respond to your home and, and handle that call. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, but that the, 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 those that number is sixty five thousand. That is calls in the uh, unincorporated parts of the county uh, that uh, the sheriff's office is the primary law enforcement uh, duties in those areas. Okay, so appropriate, and it's the right personnel for the job. Okay, um, exactly. on, yes, on yes. November sixteenth last year, fentanyl exposed WCSO detention deputies, staff members, and first responders. Uh, the TBA got involved. Uh, was this an attack on the jail? It, it was not an attack on the jail. It was a um, um, uh, an inmate had uh, somehow or another uh, was able to get some drugs into the facility, and it was an overdose of that person. And then as others started to respond, they became uh, 
um, you know, exposed to the fentanyl. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was a very unfortunate thing. We, um, you know, we have things in place. We, we've changed some of our, our procedures and our policies within the jail to help combat that a little bit. But, uh, you know, every time we figure out a way to uh, stop something coming into facility, uh, they figure out another way to bring it in. So it's kind of a cat and mouse game. Uh, one thing that we do have in place now are uh, body scanners that uh, if you're going to be in the facility outside of the booking area, actually when you come into booking, but if you go into the secure part of the jail, you go through another body scanner as well. So uh, that has really helped us, uh, you know, keep uh, contraband out of our facility. Hmm. Okay, just a couple more and then I'll let you go. Uh, the, the, TB, the TBI, do they give Dusty and, and Mayor Anders the, the autonomy with the county commission to do their job or is there contention sometimes? I, I don't know that there's ever been any contention between uh, the sheriff's office and the TBI. I think we have a good working relationship with them. Um, you know, it's not often that, um, you know, we work in conjunction on something. Uh, I mean, it has happened. There are, you know, there are certain things that take place, uh, you know, officer-involved shootings and things like that, that, uh, you know, we want that, uh, you know, third party to come in and uh, investigate and be part of. Uh, but uh, to my recollection, I don't think we've ever had any uh, headbutting, any 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 problems working together with uh, the TBI or other law enforcement or any other law enforcement agency, for that matter. We all seem to work pretty well together. That's great. Uh, with all the new developments going on on these back roads and places, not long ago only coyotes and possums lived. Do you think roads will be improved to cut down on the rise in traffic accidents and worse drunk drivers? Uh, Tennessee is worse than the nation for drunk drivers. Uh, this recent ice storm opened up some big old potholes. Um, what do you think of the roads that you've got to patrol on? Well, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, there, there, there's two aspects to that. Or actually, there's more than two, but I'll just talk of two. You know, we have a lot of state roads in the county, um, you know, uh, and that is, of course, you know, managed by the state of Tennessee, uh, TDOT. Uh, that does the, uh, you know, pothole repair, the, the the road building and all of that other in the county. And then we have our county highway uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, they manage and maintain the roads in the uh, unincorporated rural parts of Williamson County. I think they do an excellent job staying on top of things. Uh, you know, as far as road projects, uh, you know, widening, changing, um, you know, that's the uh, highway commission uh, that, uh, you know, does that type of work. That's all through the county highway. Um, you know, I, I know that we get involved sometimes with different things, uh, you know, in conversations, but at the end of the day, it's the, uh, it's the highway commission that makes those decisions as to, you know, what roads change and how they change and uh, what needs to be wide and what doesn't on the county level. And then the state does that, of course, on the state level on all their, all their roadways. Yeah. Um, what can citizens or residents do to make your job easier with their involvement in their own neighborhoods? You know, I think being, uh, being the eyes and the ears, um, you know, we'll go back to, uh, you know, right after nine 11, you see something, say something, um, you know, reach out, um, be, be vigilant in your day-to-day -day activities, pay attention to what's going on around you. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll plug this too. You know, there's, uh, phone scams, uh, computer scams, email scams uh, that go on constantly, uh, you know, in our county and other places across the nation. Um, you know, one thing with the sheriff's office, we're not going to call you and, 
get you on the phone and scare you to the point that you're going to, uh, you know, need to go to uh, the grocery store and get, uh, uh, you know, gift cards and provide us those numbers to keep to going from, for, to, to keep from getting arrested or going to court or whatever the case is. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's everybody working together, being smart. Uh, you know, we're, we're here to help. We're here to answer those uh, th those calls and, uh, you know, to be part of a community team of uh, everybody working together. And, uh, you know, uh, we're here to help. And, you know, if we can ever do anything for any of the communities, any, any of the individual citizens, by all means, reach out to our office and uh, we'll get the right person coming out to offer those assistance. And, uh, you know, we've got a community program that, uh, you know, goes around for, you know, neighborhood watches and sets and, uh, you know, discusses things with H HOAs and, uh, you know, uh, you know how we can best work together. I think, uh, you know, like I said earlier, everything's a learning experience. I think we learn something new every day. And, uh, you know, everybody working together and, uh, you know, uh, trying to be part of the solution uh, to me is very, very important. Very nice. All right, last one. Jeff Long was there 2008 to 2019. Uh, then he went up to Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security under Bill Lee. Uh, did you learn any valuable lessons under him that you take with you into the office? And do you see yourself in a statewide appointment one day like long? Did you okay. catch that? Sorry. Again, I didn't block those calls out. So oh, okay. we'll run that question. Time. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Jeff Long. Did you learn anything valuable under him? And he was appointed by Lee up to uh, Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. Do you aspire to be appointed to a statewide position one day too? I don't know that I'd inspire for uh, what Jeff Long is doing or anything along those lines. Uh, what have I learned from Jeff? Uh, you know, uh, Jeff is is one of those uh, you know sheriffs that uh, I was very close with. Um, I learned a lot from him. His uh, his professionalism, uh, his demeanor, um, you know, I can't say that I'm like Jeff, uh, you know, a hundred percent, but, uh, you know, he, he, he's definitely somebody that, uh, you know, I have looked up to over the years and, uh, you know, just his, his management style, um, you know, I've really liked, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I may improve upon his management style just a little bit, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big teamwork, uh, type of person. I want, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, to work hand in hand and to, uh, you know, build a good team. And, uh, you know, I think that was Jeff's goal as well. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I hope that's something that I can, uh, you know, get in place and pull off and, uh, you know, get, uh, you know, get, get the upper, upper management of the sheriff's office, uh, you know, to the new hire deputy on the street to, uh, everybody to be part of that team and to, uh, and to jump in there and work together. And you know, I think that was important to Jeff and that's something that's going to be important to me as well. Okay. Team Jeff, team Mark. Uh, so <laughs> chief deputy, thank you for your time. We are at the end here. So tell everyone where they can go to find out more about your department, about you. I don't know if you do social media, but if you do, let us know. Okay. So, uh, the sheriff's office itself, uh, our uh, website is, uh, Williamson County, uh, .com. Uh, find out all the information about the sheriff's office itself, um, submit tips, uh, traffic requests, uh, uh, compliments, uh, officers, uh, job applications. If anybody's interested in coming to work for us, um, you know, all that information is on uh, the uh, sheriff's office website. 
uh, on the campaign end of things, uh, www.elrod, the number four sheriff, uh, .com, uh, is the campaign website and any emails to uh, Elrod for sheriff, the number four again, uh, at gmail.com. All right. And, well, uh, election day is March, right. election day is March the 5th and I appreciate everybody coming out and voting. Thank you. Early voting is underway and I hope to have you on again sometime and best of luck on the campaign trail. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. This is Kyla Lanier. I'm with Truckers Against Trafficking, and you're listening to the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast. Welcome to the Steve and Steve segment of our show. Producer Steve, what do you think of our guest, Mark Elrod? Uh, I think we need a little bit of music here. So we're talking a little Tennessee there, Steve, with a uh, Tennessee sheriff. And I'm going to bring myself in here if I can. I see you. I, I can't get myself. Hold on. It's, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I see you. Go. Talk. So anyways, it's really nice because someone you and I near and dear to our heart was telling me the other day that he's probably going to be leaving the uh, department within the next couple of years in our neck of the woods, Sheriff's Department, um, due to the fact that uh, all the stuff that goes on here in our county here in Washington State. And then I asked him, so what about the new uh, sheriff that's in town? And he says, what sheriff? We never see her. And so very hands-off, much like our, our governor, much like a lot of people on the leftist side of things, um, very not... Where are they? Who knows? But they're doing their and job. Probably I gonna, guess. And probably going to hand over to the state the appointment of next sheriff as opposed to be there to fight to yeah. maintain the constitutional voter approved uh, status. So very bad for Snohomish County. And what happens in Seattle does not stay in Seattle, which is exactly why I asked that question. What happens in Nashville does actually stay in Nashville for now. So <laughs> that is good. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. Fred Philbrook, that name should be. Uh, Renowned to everybody involved in the Mill Creek View, owner and publisher of the Mill Creek View. He passed away on Saturday, February 26, 2022, at the age of 85, two years ago this week. If not for Fred, there would be no Mill Creek View Washington or Tennessee podcast. Uh, This from his obituary. He is survived by his wife, Nola Philbrook of Mill Creek, daughter Susan, and sons Michael and Stephen. No relation. Fred recently celebrated his 85th birthday on February 10th. Nola, his now widow, and Vincent Cavallari, the longtime columnist for The View and city councilman, deputy sheriff of Stomish County, who Steve was just referring to, took time away from his campaign for U.S. Congress to sit me down over stake at the keg in Alderwood with Nola the very next day, Sunday, February 27th. That is within walking distance of where Steve is sitting right now. I had just turned 51 and was water baptized 20 days earlier. And they told me that in the hospital, when she knew Fred wasn't going to make it, probably from remdesivir, more so than the COVID, Fred, if something happens to you, what would you want to do with the paper? Your legacy in the hometown institution since 1991, he said, call Steve. I said, why would he say that? 
All I had ever done in journalism was use a press pass to get to the front of the line in Manhattan Beach, California, writing an article for the USC paper, the awfully named Daily Trojan, about St. Patrick's Day Irish bar crawls, but I knew business, so I said I'd do the tribute edition, which we did two years ago next month, all about Fred and his covering Mill Creek for all those 30 years and, and get it back to its twice a week, well, sorry, two times a month publication and then see what happens. That was two years ago and we're still doing it. You can see the archives at millcreekviewonline.com and how much the format has changed from him to me. That's owed to Casey Ave, a great general manager who I couldn't do it without. Uh, shout out to Casey, thank you. Also, uh, he's president of the Linwood Rotary. Uh, good job, Casey, being on time each week and making a gorgeous newspaper. Uh, back to the article, Philbrook was born in Detroit, Michigan, but lived in Mill Creek, Washington, where he was the publisher of the Mill Creek View newspaper for 31 years. Fred Philbrook was a proud veteran of the 82nd Airborne and co-founded the Veterans Day Parade and co-established the Veterans Monument, both in Mill Creek. He belonged to military groups such as AMVETS and the American Legion. Uh, back to me again. When I took over, we had to close the office so we could save on rent. Uh, he had a bumper sticker on the window, I miss Reagan. So I knew he was my kind of guy. I, <laughs> yeah. I guess he knew that too instinctively about me. I got to know him because during COVID, we moved to Mill Creek when we had had enough of King County where Seattle is. I just told you about their sheriff's department and all its woke BLM, science is welcome here, anti-science signs and defund the police just popping up everywhere. Turns out Snohomish wasn't far enough away, so we ended up in Tennessee, thank God. So he gave her her first job, which meant I got a job since she couldn't drive yet, uh, delivering the paper. I'd go back uh, with the extra or come back for one missing and, and get her paychecks. And I got to know him pretty well in that short four-month period before he died. Uh, he told us about the only church unmasked and still open during COVID, which my daughter and I ended up getting baptized on on the same day, February 3rd, 2022, my birthday. Uh, praise Jesus, and thank you, Fred. You gave me so much. Uh, last little bit here. Fred was a great man of character. He was a straight shooter, hard worker, and had a love for life. Fred was an asset to the Mill Creek community that will be greatly missed, said Mario Latimer, publisher of the Linwood Times. Rest in peace and my condolences to your wife and children, said the rival of The View in Crosstown, Linwood, Washington, where producer Steve is right now. Having a hell of a time staying afloat too, by the way. Um, ad revenue is a tough gig. Maybe both of us will have it easier now that Everett Herald is tips up with its Canadian paymasters out of the picture. We'll see. On my Twitter, you can see the top 20 news websites all had declining year-over-year -year viewership numbers last year, some by double digits. I just got the mcview.us numbers. We were up 85%. So we're doing something right with this lovers awesome. of truth thing, I'd say. Awesome. Thank you, Fred, for showing me how. All right, let's see if I can get this in in three minutes. Can I go right into time for my quote yes, of the day? Yes, go ahead. Music to play? All right, before I share, I want to remind everyone to subscribe to Mill Creek View Podcast. Just go to Rumble or Spotify or iTunes, search for Mill Creek View and hit the subscribe button, and I really hope you'll like it. Mr. Buckley, let me explain it this way, and I'll do very so very carefully and slowly so that even you will understand it. If I was the sheriff, I would not have arrested him. If I was on the grand jury, I would not have... I. In, indicted him. 
If I was the judge, I would not try him. If I was the DA, I would not prosecute him. If I was on the trial jury, I would vote to give him a key to the city, a plaque to hang on his wall, and I would send him home to his family. And Mr. Buckley, if my daughter is ever raped, I hope I have the guts to do what he did. John Grisham, A Time to Kill, takes place in the small town of Clanton, Mississippi. The book follows the story of a young lawyer named Jake Brigance, who is asked to defend a black man named Carl Lee Haley. Think of me as the weathered sheriff coming back into Jodge because the youngsters are shooting up the church and scared the horses and not doing right by the woman. Frank Miller. Miller's Dark Knight, in tandem with Alan Moore and David Gibson's Watchmen, became the standard by which superhero comics were measured in the 80s. You got a choice, dishwasher. Either you get out of town, or tonight you be out on that street alone. You be there and don't make us come and get you. Liberty Valance, a 1962 Western in which a senator returns to a Western town for the funeral of an old friend and tells the story of his origins. John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart on screen for the first time together. That's it for this episode. Thank you, Mark Elrod, for stepping up in your experience and running for sheriff. Most important constitutional local office in America, in my opinion. Hope you'll be a good one if you win, and good luck. This is goodbye for now. I'm your host, Steve Abramowitz, editor-in-chief of mcview.us. See you all tomorrow. Peace in our time, and definitely G2G. And I did it in the 55-minute window. Thanks, TECN.TV. Any views or opinions represented on the podcast are personal and belong solely to the creator and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the creator may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.